Welcome to Refocus. I'm your host, Trevor Wilson. This is a podcast of Sunday school lessons that I've taught, some sermons that I have preached. Uh, I have various guests at different times. Uh, Basically, the, the whole idea is to just kind of refocus back on the Word of God, going back to those Bible stories, studying the scriptures. Let's just, just kind of get out of ourselves, out of our own thinking, and go back to the Word of God and see what He has to say. I love those old Sunday school lessons when we were kids. We seem to have gotten away from some of those, just the bare bones bottom of what the Word of God, the meat and potatoes, if you will. So I hope you enjoy it and pass along and share. Now, let's get to the lesson. Hello again, Steve Wilson. We're back uh, continuing our study in the book of Matthew. Uh, We have progressed through uh, chapter 24, where, um, you know, we've been talking about Jesus is telling his disciples about the signs of his coming and letting them know, you know, they had asked what were the signs and when it should happen. And he says, well, here are some of the signs. He says, but I'm not going to tell you when it's going to happen. I don't want anybody to know that. Um, So, you know, he just goes ahead and talks about the things to look for. Just to remind you, he was talking to people who weren't going to be here when this happened. Obviously, that was a couple thousand years ago. And we're still looking for his return. So these signs are signs that, you know, we're looking for today. So he goes through all of that. I'm not going to go back and reiterate those. And then in chapter 25, he follows up with what it's going to be like after he comes. And he begins to describe not what it's going to be like on earth, but what it's going to be like in heaven. So he starts out, chapter 25, Then shall the kingdom of heaven be likened unto ten virgins. Now, what he does is he gives three parables. Um, and, and, you know, we'll, we'll kind of go through these. I don't know how fast or how detailed. I'm just doing them kind of off the cuff here. But um, he goes through three parables to let people know what it's going to be like after his return. Once again, I explained before, he's, just, he's not trying to put together a a definitive time frame here he's just saying you know uh, know, there's a whole period whole um, conglomeration of things that that occur the rapture the tribulation the the second coming then there's the millennial reign so he's just kind of lumping all of this together and saying these are the things that are going to occur I'm not going to tell you exactly how they happen, when they happen, but these are the things that are going to happen. And then this is, so now he's saying, and so this is what it's going to be like. <coughs> so he talk, he's talking about the kingdom of heaven. And so he says, then shall the kingdom of heaven, uh, the first of three parables here, um, he says, be likened unto ten virgins, which took their lamps, and went forth to meet the bridegroom. You know, I think what he's talking about here, and as we go through this, you know, I'll, I'll try and lay it out for you so you see where I'm coming from. Um, he's talking about the innocence. You know, when we're born in this life, 
Um, there's a period of time when we're young, when we're children, that there's, um, there, there's a protection for the innocent. That, um, you know, we, if, if you die as a child, you haven't, you don't have the knowledge, the, the mental capacity to determine, um, you know, that you're a sinner and that you need the Savior and so on. There's a period, there's a point in time which is kind of different for everybody, but there's a point in time in your maturity that that day comes, that you become, we call, you know, the age of accountability. It's when you become accountable for your sins and you're responsible for giving your life to Christ, recognizing that there's a Savior that came to pay for your, pay your sin debt. So he's saying until that time, there's a period of innocence there that, you know, there's the Holy Spirit watches over you. I won't say he indwells you, but he, you're under his protection. Um, and, and even at that age, you can be told and somewhat understand that there is a Jesus. He's the son of God, and he's going to come back someday and take all those who belong to him home to be with him. So... There's an expectation that can that, that can exist, whether you're saved or lost. You can have that knowledge, and that's the situation here. He's saying, "Look, you know, the world, you know, this this has been revealed. I, I've told you I'm coming, and so no matter what your spiritual state is, you know that day is coming. And so that's what's happening here. You have these virgins, and the idea of the virgins indicates that there is a period of innocence here. They've not been um, introduced in, into the world of sin yet. And, and so, you know, they, they took their lamps, went forth to meet the bridegroom because they, they know he's coming. And five of them were wise and five were foolish. Uh, they that were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them. So going back to this idea that there is a measure of protection the oil typically represents the Holy Spirit in Scripture, and I think that's what he's referring to here. So everybody that's born into this, this, this life, born on earth, has a limited supply. And that supply will last you through that age of innocence until the time comes that you recognize that you need Christ as your Savior. So it says, the foolish took no oil with them. They, there was a supply in the lamp, but they didn't take any to refill it with. Um, and then in verse 4, it says, but the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamp. So they had an accompanying vessel in which they had a, a, a lifetime supply of oil, enough to get them through until the Holy Spirit, until the, uh, Christ returns. Um, and so then at midnight in verse 6, well, let's see, in, in verse 5, while the bridegroom tarried, they all slumbered and slept. So that's where we're at now. We're awaiting the return of the Lord Jesus Christ. And then in verse 6, and at midnight, there was a cry made. Behold, the bridegroom cometh, go ye out to meet him. I think we mentioned the idea of the midnight cry before, <clears throat> and that's that's a that's a neat picture. But you know that doesn't mean he's coming at midnight because if it's midnight in one part of the earth, it's 
the middle of the day in another part of the earth. So, you know, that cannot apply to a world that's rotating around the sun and spinning at the same time. So the exposure to the time of day differs depending on where you're at on this planet. But this is a parable. So he uses the midnight. And it's because he's trying to point out that we don't know when he's coming and he's going to come when we least expect it and he's probably going to come when we're least prepared. In all of our lives, there are things that we do that we could probably look at and say, boy, you know, I, I, I hope, I'm glad the Lord didn't come while I was in the middle of that. Some sin or some negligent activity or whatever. Um, and, you know, we, it, it's just a good thing that we didn't, he didn't catch us with our pants down, so to speak. But he is going to come when we least expect it. So, you know, we need to make sure that we're looking for him at all the time. So then in verse 7, it says, Then all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. So they, you know, when you go to bed at night, you, you turn the wick down. When you get up in the morning or whenever it, you know, comes time that you need light, you extend the wick for the lamp and relight it, and that's that's just called trimming your lamp. And so when they went to trim their lamp, it says, and the foolish said unto the wise, give us of your oil, for our lamps are gone out. So they had trimmed the lamp down to a very faint glow, but enough to continue burning the oil. Well, while they slept, the ones, you know, who only had you know what lamp what oil was in the lamp it, it burned up all the all the oil so when they began to they wanted to turn it back on they needed to replenish the oil well they didn't have any and so they turned to those five wise virgins and said you know give us of your oil for our lamps are gone out but the wise answered saying not so lest there be not enough for us and you, but go ye rather to them that sell and buy for yourselves. Well, it's not that they didn't want to share. It's not that they were unkind. It's not that they were being rude or, or, or uncaring. The fact is you can't share your supply of the Holy Spirit. You can tell people about Christ. You can introduce them to Christ. But they have to invite the Holy Spirit into their own hearts. You can't provide them your share of the Holy Spirit. Your salvation is not shareable. You can only share why you're saved, how you were saved, and the importance of being saved. You can't share your salvation. You can't share the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. That's a personal thing uh, between an individual and God. Uh, it, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a time when. Everybody has to recognize that they're accountable and they have to receive Christ into their heart. So he said, you know, you, you're going you're gonna to have to make do for yourself. He says, go and find those that are selling and buy from them. Basically, he's saying, look, you need, to, you need to hear the gospel. You need to heed the gospel. If you need to go someone to share it with you or tell you about it, then that's what you need to do. Well, the problem is... The bridegroom came while they were doing that. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came. And they that were ready went in with him to the marriage, and the door was shut. 
Uh, afterward came also the other virgin, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered and said, Verily I say unto you, I know you not. Watch therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour wherein the Son of Man cometh. Well, um, the, you know, there's a time when it, it's too late. There's a time when you don't have that option again. When the Lord comes back, you're, if you're not ready, you're not going to go. It's as simple as that. Um, you have to make your preparations now. If the Holy Spirit's not indwelling you now, you need to make sure that He does. Because the Lord could come back. That midnight hour could come at any moment. Like I said, depends on where you're at in the world as whether or not it's a midnight hour. He's not strictly referring to midnight or He's not strictly referring to a particular time. He's just saying that the time when you least expect it, Jesus is going to come back. You can't rely upon your own innocence because innocence goes away. Once you recognize that there is such a thing as sin um, and um, disobedience, um, you know, once you reach a point in your life when you understand the difference between good and evil, you uh, immediately become accountable as to whether or not you've received Christ into your life. So the message here is that everybody needs to do that. If you're listening to what I'm telling you now, let me encourage you, you can give your life to Jesus Christ right now. At the very least, get to church, hear the gospel, let the Holy Spirit convict you. Because what he says is, I just read it in verse 12. He says, I know you not. This is one of three things that he says in these three parables, and we'll get to the others later when we address them. But he says, I don't know you. I don't know who you are. People think, well, God is a God of love. He, he loves everybody. Um, does he know who I am? Certainly he knows who you are, but you don't have a relationship with him. He doesn't know you in the sense of a relationship with Jesus Christ. <coughs> you don't have that relationship that's going to take you to heaven. He just knows who you are. He says, watch therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour wherein the Son of Man cometh. We've talked about this before. He's giving the signs, but he's not giving the time. You don't know when Christ is coming back. You just know that he's coming. So, you know, I, I encourage you to, to understand that you are accountable for your life. And the only way to heaven is through Jesus Christ. There's no such thing as innocence. If you're understanding what I'm saying, if you're comprehending what I'm telling you right now, then you're innocent protection is gone. It, it, it is no more. This idea of God is love, God loves everybody. Sure, He loves everybody to the extent that He sent Christ to die for them and expects you to receive Christ as your personal Savior. That's the extent of His love. And that extends to everybody on this planet. So let me encourage you to understand that He could come back at any moment. You need to be ready. There is no protection of the Holy Spirit if you're understanding what I'm saying.
We're at our time limit. I thank you for listening. We'll pick up in verse 14 when we come back in our next session. Goodbye and God bless.